Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi. Hi. Hello. We, we are starting a cult. Are culting start a they yeah. a the ing? We are back on Friday. It's here Friday. Um, I don't know. We we made the announcement last week that we switched to a cast. I I, I believe we did that one. We did. I um, listened to it. It's we said that. I don't know if we also mentioned we are officially. A part of the TNC podcasting group. What does TNC stand for, you're asking? That stands for That's Not Canon Production. Exactly. TNC That's P- Not Canon. And we are, we're, the the guy was really cool. We Let me just say that. We spoke to a lovely individual. He was very uh, homey and very nice to us. I loved him from the start. We liked him. His official title uh, when he first, when we first were contacting, his tagline in his email was "the Pod Father," and that to me was a sign that this is no, who we, we needed yeah. to be with. Yeah, we couldn't not jump on a name like that. And they're they're really they're really just spectacular. Overall, they're fantastic. There are little, tons of shows uh, out on. there, and uh, check it out. I will put the website in the show notes. Uh, let me. Someone, you have a pen. Can you write that That's down for me? That's not canon. No, I'm just gonna remember it. And if I don't, I'll email edit it us or and yell it. Yeah, I'll edit it if I forget. Startacult at gmail dot com. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I just wanted to say that because uh, I don't think we told you guys, but we, it was kind of we've been involved with this since uh, what was that like September, I believe, or something. Yeah, but it became official about three weeks ago. Uh, everything is you know done. We. That was part of the switch to ACAST. Uh, it's easier for their you know system if we have ACAST. So it all worked out for everybody. That's not canon. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. They're tight. We're um, happy to be a part of that family. I just wanted to throw that out there because uh, you know within, in the future we'll be talking about other shows and stuff that they have. And no, yeah, they do have some sick cross referencing things. So I just want you know listeners to be aware that uh, that's something we've done. And if you like Australian accents. Oh, they got them. Ooh, baby. They are got you, them in shitting me? bundles. I love it. It's yeah. so cool. But with that being said, we're going to shift gears entirely from very kind Australian people, and we're going to switch to the most depraved, wicked, disgusting, should-be-illegal ritual that's ever existed in America, and that is children's beauty pageants. 
<laughs> it's true. It is true. They are disgusting. They are based. Uh, what what is a beauty pageant? What is beauty? But having something to do sexually, right? Let me put it this like way it's, for it's, you. It's it's disgusting. You can't you can't like judge a beauty pageant without it having something to do sexually. And child beauty pageants are just inherently terrible. And you in know that what we sense. do? You know what we do to Am children? I, right? I want you to just objectively take away all of your opinions on this. Objectively listen to this. We take children in the title of their descriptor, children being under the age of 18. In most of these cases, they're under the age of 13. They're children. Yeah, like under the age of 10. Pre, like tweenies, those are different. You know, 11-year-olds, they're too old. They're out of the game at this point. No, yeah, they, they have too many wrinkles, too many crow's feet. So we take children pretty much uh, from the moment they're able to walk and speak on their own, and we decide, hey, we're going to force you into a talent. We're going to put you in really weird outfits. And we're essentially going to flash you around like we do with Victoria's Secret models for people to judge you based on your physical outward appearance and how you sound and speak. And who's putting these people in these uh, in these situations? Oh, it's their parents. The yeah. parents, the people in charge of their entire lives, they're just, they're just putting them in these beauty pageants to have uh, crusty old men with crusty pairs of pants. Look at them all day. Yeah. And it's not good. I hate to tell you this. I really, I don't know the statistics. This is a, this is actually a very, uh, this would be a number I'd love to know. I would almost guarantee you that out of, if you've been to more than 10 children's beauty pageants in your life, if you've been to, <laughs> if you've been to more than 10, you have been present while an old man committed a felony crime of masturbating to children in the very same room as you. I would venture to say that if you've been uh, near the parking lot of one of those events, you've probably witnessed that and not even known it. Yeah, it's it's uh, gross. It's a bad problem. I don't think anyone should do it. Honey Boo Boo was the most recent thing uh, to come out of the pageantry thing, and that, and that only became a sensation because it was so just like... Such a cognitive dissonance. Sketty uh, and of butter. Sketty and butter. I heard about that recently. It was just butter, noodles, and ketchup, isn't it? Ugh. Don't get me wrong. I like buttered noodles, but I I don't butter my noodles if I plan on putting sauce on At least it. put some and honey in sauce, there if your name's that. Come that on. sauce is never ketchup that I put on noodles. Maybe <laughs> I, it's tomato sauce. Are we calling sauce. ketchup like a sauce? It is. Is it a sauce? It, what is a condiment if not... A sauce or a Mitch very is close also relative. here. What, what is your opinion on ketchup as a sauce? The only condiment I would argue isn't a true sauce is relish. It's a sauce, but it's it's not for fucking noodles. Okay, you don't put ketchup on noodles. You know, it's for fries, it's for burgers, it's for fast food items. Well, hey, that's our Midwestern opinion. You There's know? also a large you know? portion of the country that thinks that it belongs Agreed. on steaks, and you know what? I'll even go so far as to say that that's totally fine, not my choice, but it, you can do it. I'm oh, very. Oh, I'm not gonna like sneer at you. I'm very against. But if you put it on a one steak sauce, a one steak sauce is something I will never get behind because my true belief as an American patriot, uh, my inner Hank Hill is going to come out. If you have to put sauce, a literal condiment, onto a steak to enjoy it. 
it's not a good steak. You're a cow purist, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, and I don't. You're like I, those blues men that told Steve Ray Vaughan he was no good. Don't get me wrong. It's I understand not, who you are. I'm not that kind of food guy. Like I'm not gonna. I'm a picky eater, so I eat very plain oh, foods. I fucking know you're a picky. eater. I am. I haven't seen you eat a vegetable in my entire life. I make no bones about it, though. I'm very honest. And people sometimes in my situations like mine, they'll. Make the excuse like, well, if you put anything on a burger other than like ketchup, then you're just that's how you really enjoy it. No, it's not. You enjoy it however you want. The only food you I would enjoy argue, the flavor, and that entirely depends on what's on it. Yeah, exactly. It's if it's not, you're just eating a cow. I'm never going to make that with excuse. some wheat. The truth of the matter is, I'm a picky eater, and you that's are. there's no bones about that. That's just honest. No bones. Um, would you eat bone marrow? I, just I a mean, little connection I made. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I've probably You'd done do it. it by mistake. It's like I meat butter. You'd like it. Meat butter. That just sounds. Eh, whatever. It's good. But the steak. I don't know how we got onto the steak. But a steak. If you sully it with anything other than seasonings, maybe maybe you throw a little pallet of seasoned butter on top after and let it simmer into the meat. That's not a sauce. That's just a topping. Even a crust on it. You know, some fancy places, they'll encrust it with things. Dude, perfect steak is salt, pepper, cooked in butter. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a perfect steak. I would also question, what was it? I, I had that the other day. It was basil, parmesan, encrusted ribeye. That sounds fucked up. It was so... <laughs> that, that is exclusively American, isn't it? It is. It was so <laughs> good. Like, oh. oh, yeah. No, yeah, and that, that's a level of dopamine you're not prepared for. No, it is. It, you're you're definitely not. But the, I don't know. A steak, a one sauce is. You're not eating steak. That's just, I hate it. It's yeah. I, I yeah. I'm against it. What a Worcestershire. I'm not going to tell you you can't use it though, because right. this is you know this is the world. If you want fucking a one sauce, you can theoretically do whatever you want. You just have to deal with the consequences. One of which might be just Grant looking down on you. The problem here is though, you can do whatever you want in the real world. You shouldn't murder children because yeah. today we're talking which is about the main John point. <laughs> Ramsey of today's podcast, which is we're going to be talking about the murder of John Benet Ramsey. Uh, for starters, I want to point this out. I don't like her name. I don't mean to speak ill. It's not. Dead. I mean, John whose Benet. name is like good, you know? Yeah, but those names. I've never come across a name. I've I've heard names that I disliked and was like, oh, that's stupid. But I've never actually encountered one that I've heard and just that shouldn't be a name. That was my mm, thought. Mm. And John Bonet, for man, perhaps, because John is well, obviously manly. Yeah, and then well. you have, I mean, even for uh, John Bonet, you know, the girl, I feel like JB is an appropriate nickname, but to call her John Bonet, I don't I like don't it. know, man. It's fine. I mean, I like, I her, like her name is a combination of her father's name and I, I believe some sort of. Uh, a name that was deeper in the family before it was changed. It was like it was Bennett, so it's now John Bonet. It's a combination of those with a little flair on it. It is unique, you know. It deny. is unique, and it did make for a hell of a, uh, uh, a headline for many, many years. I will say, I don't. This might be one of the first times that this has ever occurred on the podcast. I'm, I'm only saying this now because I'm sure. 
listeners of this are at least familiar with uh, the generic story. I mean, you couldn't, like, for me personally, even as a kid, I couldn't go in the fucking, like, grocery store line without seeing a fucking magazine with John Bonet's face on it. Yeah. Even no. that many decades later. No, exactly. Or a decade or two, you know, but still, it's like, it, it's, it rippled enough through time to make the headlines of, like, the Inquirer and shit. It's like new ground broken on the John Bonet case. Absolutely. Maybe it was Sir fucking Gardner or I'm something. On, like, they didn't even have one. I do agree with you on that. But the reason I bring this up is because this might be the first time that Jake and myself, uh, we do not agree on this case. We don't. No, you're we fucking wrong. We found that out earlier today. You're not correct. I Okay. Fuck I mean, you, Grant, I understand. and your opinions. I understand your point. I'm going hard on this episode. I, I I'm I have the power position. If you all right, all right. If you want to if you want to throw down, I'll throw some shit your way, and you're gonna be like, I don't know how to dispute. I'll that. fucking kill you. I mean, that's this is okay. Yeah. If you ever hear this episode, know that Get Jake used and I to it up until the end. There, it's gonna come quick. Jake and I do not see eye to eye, and that's okay. <laughs> It's yeah. not a. It's not. It's not a, a negative <laughs> arrangement. I just happen to think, I, but I've always thought a little bit more ridiculous. I always tend to no, lean I mean, towards yeah. that side. So I, you know, I admit there's always multiple sides to a story. I just think it's interesting no, because it we never truly like disagree. We, we might think yeah. different, but we, we usually don't. have the same opinion and opinions Definitely. on things. Uh, so it's a unique it. one. It's a different one. It's yeah. a new game. And we found that out True. moments before filming. That no, was re- <laughs> kind of unannounced. Oh, shit. We're recording, yeah. yeah. That was good. Is someone filming us right now? Oh, shit. We're filming our voice That with audio equipment. It's kind of beautiful, but I'm still mad about it. It's poetic. Yeah. No, it's not. I just, I just threw that <laughs> label there, and it worked. Everything is. All right, Everything's so poetic until someone just says, no, nah, I don't think let's so. Let's rip the band-aid off and talk about this daddy, and then we'll uh, you know, we'll figure out yeah, what happened yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, John Benet Ramsey, right? Uh, John Benet Patricia Ramsey. Uh, she was born on August 6th of 1990 in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, she was an American child beauty queen uh, that was murdered in the at the age of uh, six on December twenty fifth of nineteen ninety six, I was born that year. That was Christmas. I was in the world when she was murdered. Isn't that kind of beautiful, sort of? Uh, Kurt Cobain wasn't. He was alive. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Oh, you're right. Wasn't it? Wasn't that April Maybe of ninety six? Him. That was. I believe it was am April of ninety six. Correct. Am I, am I, bitch, give me confirmation here. You're my, my date guy. Was that not April of ninety six when Cobain died? Cobain died in 94. Was all it? Right. All right. All right. See, I didn't even know, but well, I was on, still correct. Get on that. I'll get through this paragraph. All right. All right. So uh, she she was murdered on the uh, at the age of six uh, on December 25th of 19. April 5th, 1994. A- oh, April 5th, 1994. Kurt Cobain died. She was way dead. No need to apologize. I needed that. I like the confirmation. That was beautiful. Yeah. Confirmation in real time. <laughs> what about Tupac, Mitch? But <laughs> but no. So uh, she was she was six. She was murdered on uh, Christmas of 1996 in her family's second home in Boulder, Colorado. Right? She was strangled, and her head was bashed in. And there is evidence that she was even sexually assaulted. Evidence is not one way or the other. It's uh, we'll talk about it. Right. So the sexual assault thing. Uh, so despite the case being blown up and endlessly covered in the news thereafter, 
Uh, like I said, in the tabloids and all that shit. Uh, JonBenet's killer remains a mystery to this day. And because uh, the killer is still at large, after all these years, the void of truth has been filled with quite the uh, amount of speculation. Speculation abound, one might say. Okay. So, essentially, what we're working with here, um, we got a dead kid. And we got a. She's gone. We got a lot of questions. We got a what the hell happened? How? We potentially know the where. We at least know, have a general idea of the where and the when, but Boulder, the how Colorado. and the why and the who are completely unanswered. Oh yeah, no yeah. I no guess no one fucking knows. In a way, you could argue the how is answered with her death, but we also the don't know the whole more, story, yeah. so the we don't how, know everything. Strangely enough, the how is more nailed down than almost anything else in this story. Yeah, pretty much. So, it's, uh, it gets weird. Yeah. So let's get into it, right? Uh, let's start with John Bonet. John Bonet, she was a six-year-old, right? She was a 24-time winner of beauty pageants uh, on the beauty pageant circuit by the time she was six years old. Okay. That's fucking insane. Can you imagine how many she was a part of? Here's my thing. Because, um, like, she did, she couldn't have won every single one she was in, right? Case in point, pause it right now, rewind it about seven or eight minutes. Because she and, couldn't have won all the ones she was in, right? And listen to the part where we talk about how fucked up those uh, beauty pageants are. And she won a lot of them. Yeah, 24 so she of the, them. She's the prize pig in this disgusting, sexualized fetish of children. She is, as some creeps would argue... The sexiest child, and that should never be a label that exists. I'm surprised I heard those words out of your mouth, honestly. <laughs> Sadly, if she lived past 1996, if she still won beauty pageants up until like 2000, that would somehow be a headline article if she still kept winning. Oh, she was on her way to being like the front pages of a lot of magazines. She'd like by the people who were in the actual like circuit of pageantry they were just like this this chick's going far she's gonna win all the cars when she's of age like all that shit like they were just like yeah she's gonna be a beauty queen until she stops being one if you don't think that's inappropriate then i would really like to know why you feel that way <laughs> email us I, at startacult.gmail.com like that's information i really would like to know why you would argue that they're okay. Yeah, what's going on with that? Because I don't understand. But that's just me. I don't yeah. know. All right, let's get some insight on her parents, right? Uh, so Fucking John, murder suspects. John, they are suspects. Everyone's a suspect. No one knows who it was. But So John Ramsey, he was the like dad. It's like Clue, but it's just not funny. It is like Clue, and the, the your options are the entire world. I really want to watch that movie again. I have not I seen would love Clue to do that so long. after we record this. Do you want to do that? I've never seen it. I, I don't even know if I have Clue, actually. I have it on VHS. We can, we can but get it. We're going to find it. I want to watch Clue. That's a movie I need. All right. Well, either way, John Ramsey, right? He was a former Navy officer. He was a private pilot. Uh, he was also a businessman. He was the president of a computer company known as Access Graphics, uh, which later, uh, after the uh, events that we're talking about, or actually, no, it was it was before this. So before the events that we're about to talk about, it became a subsidiary of Lockheed Martin, right? It was a subsidiary is, to the surrounding area 
that you incorporated it by annexing the third-party rivalry of the border. Yes, we're all familiar with dry government writing, yes. Absolutely. Bureauc- bureaucratic bullshit. <laughs> bureaucratic word stuffers. That's yeah. the name of my new album. Coming to you Ooh. Tuesday morning. Under the name G-Man Money. No, it's... Uh, G-Man Money uh, coming at Herbert you. Galvin Rasmussen. That's so that, stupid. That is actually. I hate, I hate that. That's no. That's that's the other version of Rasmussen. Is that what you Rasmussen. said? Rasmussen. I. It, it's it's essentially an extension of me. It's the part it's of me. So obviously a parody of Rasputin. No, Rasmussen. No, I'm aware of what you said. <laughs> but no, it has nothing to do with him. All it right, literally, yeah, sure. all it is is it is an extension of my soul. And what happens is it is uh it's one singular part of my existence that lives in the world where John Benet Ramsey killed her entire family. And that's where I get a lot of this information from. He's also a key witness in a couple of investigations um for my other part of the extension in my soul. And I'm an interdimensional lawyer that covers all parallel existence. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm no, no, no. an interdimensional lawyer. But Herbert Rasmussen, he, he's a key witness in a lot of those cases. So I just thought I'd bring him up for this. But the, I mean, the law firm, I don't want to get into it right now, but it, it's big. You know, well, it, it's big. You're Let so deep that. into this bit, I can't tell if you've begun to become serious or not it's not a bit it's real it's part of my soul i witness it when i sleep not gonna lie i'm scared but uh so (laughs) john ramsey also was extraordinarily wealthy right he was in charge of this fucking access graphics company uh he was very wealthy he had a four-story house in colorado which is where this all took place and then he also had a mansion in michigan which was their homestead right Home on the range. Yeah. All right. These cows are really strange. Dude, we got to just start a parody album. You sing so much on this podcast, we need to start start collecting it. Yeah, maybe. Sound bites, maybe. The parody. The parody. Yeah. Yeah, we got Mitch. We got me. We both play the music. You could just be our idea, man. We uh, We got my band. We could do that. Griff's writing some cool stuff for us right now. I did. I did go through a phase you, where I would just riff on songs we were listening to. You would just griff, and it would just completely just alter the words into a new universe of song. And they were <laughs> arguably better than the original. I'm not a gonna new lie. universe of song. If only I had recorded those because I don't remember a lot of them. They were just kind of spewing from my mouth. I remember uh, being here for a lot of them, and they were. Uh, that's, I have a lot they were of, extraordinary. I have they a were. lot of different extensions of my soul, and that's one part. I mean, we'll get into all that. In a, you know, we're going to be around forever. I got all the time in the world. Yeah, we to are going to be around forever. Tell we're you never about the die. extensions of my soul. You want to know who did die, though? Uh, John uh, John Ramsey's twenty two year old daughter from his first marriage, Elizabeth, in a car crash in two thousand, not two thousand. It was nineteen ninety two. Oh, my God. So isn't that terrible? So he has one dead daughter under his belt at this point. Uh, so also, uh, so what is it? What is it? Patricia, also known as Patsy. We're going to refer to her as Patsy uh, Ramsey, uh, is the mother of John Benet. She, uh, Patty it? Ram. Whoa, Black Whoa. Betty, Patty Damn Ram. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. There you go. <laughs> she was a uh, ovarian cancer survivor at the time. Uh, and entered, uh, she entered JonBenet into all those beauty pageants, right? Because she was a participant of beauty pageants in her earlier years, and she was a winner. So she, in she was no a winner. way, in, so her no, daughter in absolutely zero way, was going to be does a winner. Ramalamadim Dong have any like just psychological issues? She has none of those. She participated in them herself. She is a hundred percent fine, and mm-hmm. her daughter is going to be a winner. Yes. Yeah. All right, <laughs> Grant. All right. But I forgot her name already. I'm just thinking of ba- like b- blame a lamb. B- That's blame what I'm going to call him. Blame a lamb. You know, blame a lamb. Blame a lamb. Blame a lamb. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you want to get into the day of the things that we're get- that we're really talking about? We kind of have to. It was it's Christmas what we're talking about. today. It was Christmas, right? So the ho, day ho, ho, that this ho. all went down. Santa is coming to kill John Bernays. <laughs> We ha- we haven't ruled that out as an option. All right. Oh, oh, oh. So all right. Evil elves. <laughs> I don't have anything. <laughs> I don't have anything else. You can go. Awesome. All right. All right. So, <laughs> so December twenty fifth of uh, nineteen ninety six, the Ramsey family: uh, John, Patsy, John Benet, who was six years old at the time, and Burke, who was the older. Uh, uh, son, I feel like they didn't right? love was Burke because ten- he's the only one that didn't have a name that fit with the rest of them. Burke Ramsey. Like, yeah, Burke. <laughs> Burke, get the fuck out of here. It's Burke. Jo- it's John Jr.'s time. It's like, I'm a girl. It's like, shut up, John, too. Just saying, saying Burke with any inflection just makes you feel like that you're annoyed with them. But anyway, Burke was 10 years old. So, so those four people, uh, they attended a Christmas party at their friend's home. Uh, the friends stated that nothing unusual occurred at the party and that the Ramseys uh, returned home after a few hours, right? So uh, Patsy claimed that JonBenet was put to bed by 10 p.m. And that was the last time that she saw her daughter live. Interesting. Isn't that just terrible? Heartbreaking. That is when the news comes on. <laughs> This and you guy, fall asleep to the it. person that murdered her, clearly did not watch the news that night because they were too busy murdering someone. Did he even, or did they even know that it was Christmas? Uh, How could they do such a thing on a Christmas? That's a fair point. I'm sure some of the potential suspects did, but we'll talk about that later. Either oh. way. So, worry. all right, let's go through the day, hour by whatever amount of all time. All right, 12.03 a.m., Santa for. gets there. He comes in, delivers the gifts, slashes her throat throws her in the basement, and then he writes a card to John Ramsey, and he says, hey, there you go. That's not what happens. That would be super disrespectful of Santa. But I'm sure that is what they told Burke what happened, because he had misbehaved Probably they're that they're just like, year. you know what, I, I don't know what to tell you, Burke. Your, your sister's dead. You, uh, you really did it in for your sister. You ruined her life. I hope you know that, It's Burke. all your fault, Burke. And now you're going to go on Dr. Phil and make a fool of yourself. Oh, we'll talk about that. But, uh, all right, so 2 o'clock a.m., uh, so it's basically the 26th uh, that this all goes down. So 2 o'clock. Um. So, all right. So, John Bonet was put in bed by 10 p.m. on Christmas. By 2 a.m., uh, neighbor Melody Stanton hears a long-winded scream from a little girl uh, that was very abruptly silenced. Right? That's creepy. And uh, Melody decided to make a mental note of this and oh, promptly oh. fell back asleep. Oh, good. Yeah, she good. just went back to bed. Now, I mean, I'll be 
100%. Thank God she took a note of that, though, right? I don't. I guess I wouldn't know what to do in that scenario either. But I probably would not go right back to bed. Like I would have to at least consider my options. No, oh, yeah. What do I do about this series of events? <laughs> what does this mean for me? Who is do what I, I would. I, the what police I would say. should be at least notified of something. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know, dude. Like I, I talked about that one time on like a very past episode. I don't know which one it was specifically, but like where I watched walked outside of your house and I heard those like screaming sort of sounds. But I I like found out that those were coyotes. What they were it? just screaming like people. Wow! It was terrifying. We hear a lot of screams like when we walk out of Grant's house. And, like, sometimes I feel like there are just, like, parties going on and people are just, like, wasted, like, screaming like idiots. But sometimes they are coyotes. Yeah, it is a little freaky. As far as I'm aware. <laughs> it was that one day your neighbor was just drunk as shit and we just hear, Get fucked! <laughs> like, yeah. just from a cr- just from get, down. Get wrecked. That was so good. We were, he was just drunk that. as shit, we like hanging the, a Trump flag for some reason. We were just like, "What the hell?" We're in the driveway, and he he's just like he was yelling at the neighbor's child, not yelling at them, but the kid was riding his I don't motorized car, motorized thing, vehicle, and it like made tipped plastic. over, and the guy was so drunk, he was just laughing, he's like, "Get wrecked, kid!" And he was just <laughs> cracking up. It was it was kind of funny to witness. It was like that is, it's fine. Uh, the the kid that he was making fun of is the child he was playing with was that man's daughter. Yeah, so it's all don't a worry good about fun. It. He, it, she he can give her a hard time. Yeah, it wasn't like as long as she's just, not hurt, you know, in a bad way. As far as I witnessed it, the guy's not just a douchebag yelling at children. He yeah. was he was having a good time. Yeah, I no, respect you, that. You have to roast the ones you love. Uh-huh. But anyway. Uh, so, so yeah, the neighbor heard a scream that was abruptly stopped. She made a note of it, went back to bed. She was sound asleep. All right, so 5.30 a.m., uh, the Ramseys wake up to catch their private flight to their second home in Michigan. Right? Jesus ritzy. Christ. Super ritzy, super white. When you um, hear that sentence, you know it's fucked up. <laughs> it's the waspiest sentence in the world. Jeez. But um, So 5.45 a.m., Patsy gets up. Right, and heads down the back spiral staircase, and uh, she discovers three sheets of paper on the bottom stair. And these sheets of paper were discovered to be a handwritten ransom note saying that John Bonet had been kidnapped. And let's just say right here that uh, this was the longest ransom note in American criminal history. Like, actually. Oh, I'm going to read it like in, in entirety to you. In documented history, this was the longest ransom note in American criminal history. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, over 350 words. It's it's quite as a As opposed to the normal, like, 2015, maybe. So, yeah. Like, let's let's get into that. Mr. Ramsey. What was, what was the note? That's how it starts. Mr. Ramsey. Mr. I'm Ramsey. picturing it in this Mr. Ramsey. That's how I imagine it's said. Mr. Ramsey. Mr. But kind of like a Mr. Mr. Ramsey. Almost in a sense like, like a, something similar to that of a Jar Jar Binks. A Misa Ramsey. That's what I'm picturing. Just me. I'll cut that aside. I like it. I like it. it I like Jar-Jar. it. Might have been Jar Jar. Misa Ramsey. <laughs> Lisa, no, I'm, not, I'm just going to read it normally. Oh, I can't yeah. do the Jar Jar Maybe Binks. normally for this. I can't do the Jar Jar Binks. That's good. Listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. 
We respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want to see her, if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. <gasps> you will withdraw $118,000.00 from your bank account. <laughs> $100,000 will be in $100 bills, and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate uh, size attaché to the bank. When you get uh, <laughs> when you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. Sorry, these guys do not use punctuation. Attaché. Like, it's terrible. Yeah. They just used the word attaché. They did. <laughs> you will put the money in a brown paper bag. So he wants... Let me just break this up right now. He wants you to bring the attaché to the bank, but then he wants you to get rid of the attaché and put it in a brown bag. You know what? There's holes in this entire story. Yeah, so yeah, let's yeah. just keep going. Just wanted to point that one out. That made me chuckle. That's fun. I will attaché. <laughs> oh, God. Woo. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The monitor you're getting... That doesn't make any sense. The monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money, and hence a earlier pickup of your daughter. Rambling. This is rambling. This is incoherent almost slightly. Any deviation in my instruction will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. Just as an added... Fuck you. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anybody about your situation, <laughs> such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. <laughs> Get on with it. <laughs> if we catch Jesus. you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities... She dies. <laughs> if the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found on you, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but we, we warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Signed, Victory! S-B-T-C. He's not even from the South, for one. And also, <laughs> it was just, that, was, that could have been said in like 30 words, maybe. All of that. All of that was so unnecessary. Yeah, you're right. You know what? Everyone's been looking at this wrong. That's a huge hint. Calling him a Southerner. They're clearly Canadian. I mean, what? You're just... 
throwing out the early speculation that it might be yeah. a Canadian. That's the true crime in this true <laughs> Alex crime. Alex Lifeson killed John Benet Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a brutal life, man. Uh, all right. But yeah, right. that was the letter signed SBTC. I have a lot of problems with this letter, but Victory. I'll, yeah, I, I'll hold I'll, off till it's I over. have some things to say about the letter as well. A little yeah, later. But um you so do yeah, your thing. the ransom note was found. Uh right by uh by Patsy. And uh Whoa, yeah. Black Betty, Pats Ram. Pats Ram. Pats Ram. Pantsy Ram. All right, so Ramsey uh, Pat. That's better. Ramsey Pat. Ramsey Pat. Smoke Smokes some crack. crack. Rams, Rams and Pat. Pat. <laughs> Black Betty. Bam a lamb. All right. Uh, so it was uh, 5.52 a.m. Uh, so this was seven minutes later. Roughly seven minutes later, right? Seven minutes Oh, Patsy. Heaven. Probably hell. Patsy was freaking out. Uh, so 5.52, she calls uh, the Boulder, uh, Boulder, Colorado Police Department and frantically reports the kidnapping of her daughter. And that... It took her 22 minutes to wake up, find her dead daughter's corpse, and then call the police. Yeah. That wasn't an instant. If you don't see your daughter, or if you have a child, not even a daughter, uh, son, daughter, if you don't see that child when you are awake on Christmas morning, they're dead. You're leading the listeners. You're leading the listeners. No, they're dead. Because what do you do when you wake up? You, You just like, all right, I'm ready for the day. I you take just, a like, hang fat out for dump. a second. But I also yeah, but you don't have get up children. That. You gotta, well, you, you're going to lay in your bed for a little bit, 15 minutes. You're going to discover your child dead. That's what you're going to do, Grant. You're going to discover your child dead. I disagree. And then seven minutes later, after probably freaking out, checking the rest of the four-story home, Mm-mm. you're going to call the police. I have, you're just like, this, I have complaints with maybe it. Maybe this might be a joke. I have complaints with it. If you found your daughter's corpse, why would you end up searching the house? Wouldn't you immediately call the police? Ain't no corpse yet. No corpse has been it. mentioned, Grant. Okay. I don't believe it. Uh, there's just a note, and she called the police. All right, so she called the police at 552. Well, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all yeah, of I'm this. sick of it, too. There's too much going on here. So uh, she frantically reports the kidnapping of her daughter, and that specific um, 911 call is actually kind of heartbreaking to listen to. Like, you can actually, like, it sounds like she is very genuinely reacting to her child just having gone missing. There's, I, I want to point I this out. Th- I think camps. it's very believable. I think it's very tenable. There Holds are water. two camps here, and that is the genuine she was breaking down because of it, or, or there's the girl who cried wolf. We're getting too Ramsey far Pat. into the speculation part of it. We haven't even gotten to... It, w- let's get through the story before we start making some speculation. You better hurry up. All right. this, is, this is about to get uncorked. It's going <laughs> to... This is about to Uncorked like the diarrhea every day. This is about All right. to happen. Let's, let's, let's get through this. All right, so immediately following the, poli- the call to the police, the Ramseys call their friends Fleet and Priscilla White, as well as John and Barbara Fernie, right? Uh, they, they call them and they come over. Uh, at 6 a.m., the police arrive, followed by the friends that the Ramseys called, whom the police stupidly let inside, right? Immediately failing to secure the uh, crime scene. That is supposed to be closed, right? Uh, the house was uh, not so thoroughly searched uh, by the police, and uh, 
the remaining Ramses and the four uh, family friends that are now just wandering throughout the house, basically destroying any evidence that could have been left uh, behind by the contam- uh, they're contaminating the scene, right? So all, all the, these like these friends of the family are contaminating the scene just by being there. The police are letting them be there. It's not good. It's not a good uh, look for the uh, Boulder, Colorado Police Department. So seven thirty rolls around. John Benet Ramsey has uh, collected the hundred and eighteen thousand dollars as per request by the ransom note. Because they called him John Benet. It was oh fuck John Ramsey. I keep. I thought that first. Like, wait, why did John Benet? Have no, the John. John Ramsey. That's the father. He collected the one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. Jake, this is another reason that her name is stupid, and it shouldn't be a name, because her father's name is very confusing. A, a grown man's name can be easily confused with that name of a six-year-old girl, and that is why I personally believe the name John Benet should not be used. Not it's in memory just confusion of her. that you're worried about. We can just clear that up right now. Because this John Bonet is the girl. John is is the guy. I just made a little mistake. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm not. Sa- I, no, no, the mistake is acceptable. <laughs> I'm just saying it's another example. It's so easy to no, make it that is, mistake. No, it is easy to make the mistake. But <laughs> so, uh, so John, right? Uh, John Ramsey, the dad of John Bonet, who shot, who is gone right now. Uh, has collected $118,000 as per request by the ransom note. It's at 7.30 a.m. So it was real quick that he was able to get that amount of money. Again, hammering in the fact he's just so goddamn rich. All right, so uh, 8 o'clock a.m., the police uh, call a victim's advocate group to come to the council of the Ramses. The police call them, not the Ramses, which is how it's supposed to work. The police call them for some reason, and uh, thus bringing even more people into the uh, the active crime scene, right? And uh, what's worse is that in the kitchen, after the advocates, uh, like the, the group of people, the advocate group, was through doing whatever they did for the Ramses, the advocates wiped down the counters with spray cleaner. Ultimately just destroying any evidence that could have been on there, because the entire house is the crime scene, right? The entire... It has to be. I'm I'm so... I don't even want to speak at the moment because it's just going to The police let these me. people in. They called these people to come and they just destroyed evidence. They let them in. They were just like, hey, welcome. Thank you for coming. It's 100%. <laughs> it's 100% because just, they murdered their fucking daughter. They destroy proof with chemicals. And, and they, they were, were <laughs> using the very system... <laughs> That is meant to protect these yeah. people to hide their evidence and get away with murder. But, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> just for any policemen, the, the, don't the, do the victims that. are the ones who are supposed to call the advocate group. Yeah, don't <laughs> do that. You're not supposed to call it. Don't, don't tamper with it. Don't t- do that. If you, have you ever seen Law & Order? You don't tamper with a crime scene. It's on a million different shows. Yeah. You don't tamper. Come on, come on. Uh, Mariska Hargitay. All right, Am so I right? Uh, oh, Mariska Hargitay. Is that what That's you just said? That's the chick from Law and Order. Mariska. Yeah, Mariska Hargitay. I don't know anything about pop culture. She was she was in the Love Guru. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I'm gonna I, tell you I right haven't now. seen that either. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right <laughs> now. They're completely unrelated. That movie gets so much hate. 
It's it's Mike Myers. It's stupid fun. It's Austin Powers funny. It's it makes you laugh because it's. It dumb. basically is Austin Powers, just more on the nose with the title. Yeah, it's it's goofy as hell. It's fun. It's a good time. Watch oh, it. Yeah, of course. Anyway. So all right. So that was at eight o'clock. That uh, the 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 group was called by the police and they came and wiped everything down, ruined everything. Uh, so just before ten a.m., the police decide to seal off John Bonet's room. Uh, it, it occurred to them that that much afterward. That's good. At least the thought it, eventually of. occurred to them. Right. Uh, so this is the only part of the house that was sealed off as part of the crime scene. The rest of the house was left to the many people that were now in the home. Ah, <coughs> uh, yes. All right. So uh, this whole time, Patsy is inconsolably upset, as you Acceptable. might expect. Right, uh, so while John is kind of just blankly pacing, mm-hmm. right, and like it's it's not anyone's place to judge how a parent should react in like light of a situation like this. No, right? I, I would agree because like I don't know, there's shock. There's everyone's different. Everyone reacts differently. A lot of shit. At goes one into point, that. he like he went to check his mail, like you you know, it, I, and like the first thing I thought of when I heard that, like. John Bonet is just walking around blankly, checking his mail, just kind of doing. John, fuck, John Ramsey is just doing regular just call him shit. Jr. The dad JR. is Jr. <laughs> John Ramsey. He's Junior. Jr. What happened so, to Junior? That's the dad. Oh, Junior. You know? Yeah, he got it. He got uh, it. We'll see. All right. So uh, the father, John, was the just pacing. He, he at one point he checked his mail. The first thing that I thought of when I heard that was like. The uh, the story of the woman who was just collecting papers on the day of nine eleven, she like just papers that were falling on the street. She was just collecting them and like organizing them and just like putting them into a pile, nice and neat. Oh no, that Something... woman was a crazed homeless woman that was addicted to crack. <laughs> Let me make a connection first. <laughs> I don't know. If that's I completely made that up. I that's not true. It's just... No, dude, it's shock. It's shock. It's just like someone trying to have some sort of order in the chaos that is just so abruptly put upon them. You know, I, I that's what that. I view that's him fair. like going to check his mail and just kind of pacing, being right. right? So, uh, John, he went to check his mail. Uh, uh, many point to this as evidence that he might be to blame. It's just his lack of. Empathy, uh, I guess. I, would be a good term. Outward empathy, I would say. Yeah, yeah. visual. That, yeah, that's you know. That's a better way of putting it. So uh, a lot of people would say that. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I, I, I don't know. It, again, it seems like shock. But meanwhile, uh, from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., that was the time slot that was identified by the ransom note for the next day, right, that they would receive a call from the kidnappers with further instructions for the money. Uh, that just kind of came and went and no one really like said a word as if like everyone had forgotten about it. It, Like it just came and went and no, no one said anything. And like after this, still no one had said anything. Uh, just before one o'clock PM, uh, there was a rookie officer, Karen Arendt, right? Uh, uh, she was the single remaining cop on the scene. The FBI had come and gone. They, they kind of just showed up, put a wiretap in and left. They didn't really do anything. Effective. Uh, aside from that. We're going to, we're going to bug <laughs> your house and get out. Yeah. Why? Was, it already happened. Just in case. Just in case something, <laughs> something else happens, maybe. But, uh, yeah, the, the rest of the policemen left. Uh, it was just her. 
basically. So uh, she claimed that the room was tense. So she wanted the to The room was made of tents? It was made of tents. Well, like teepees? It was, it was Southern California in a nutshell. Okay, yeah. so it was a hobo village? Yeah, basically. So right. uh, it, it was just her. She claimed the room was tense. And so she wanted to give John Ramsey, not John Bonet, John, the, the father, uh, she wanted to give John Ramsey something to do. Uh, so she told him to search the house top to bottom, right? But John, being the regular CEO, the fucking rich man he was, he wanted to have the power position, he went bottom to top. Because he went immediately uh, down to the basement. Within five minutes of him going down into the basement, he was heard screaming, Oh my God. Oh my, my baby. God. Oh my God, my baby. Probably more distraught than that. Uh, I'm not really distraught right now. I can't channel it. I'm not an actor. But so John went into the basement. He opened the wine cellar, uh, which the policeman who had searched the basement neglected to check. Uh, he uh, he turned on the light and discovered John Bonet was just there. Uh, the 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 body of John Bonet. John Bonet uh, had a. Uh, uh, had black duct tape over her mouth, a cord and paintbrush handle. That uh, the paintbrush handle came from Patsy, uh, Patsy Ramsey's paint, uh, you know, like supplies. So that's interesting. Used as a garret. Is it a garret? Garrote, maybe. Garrot wire. Garrot. I feel like it. I. I'm pretty positive it's a garrot. No, it is. A r r o t e. A garrot around her neck. Have you ever seen The Godfather? I have n- not actually. My goodness, <laughs> isn't that terrible? My I really need to watch that. Goodness, but yeah. Uh, so there was a garrote around her neck, using a cord and a paintbrush handle that was broken from her mother's paint supplies. Interesting. So a garrote was around her neck, and her hands were bound above her head, and she was covered with a light blanket. Right. So uh, John then went and uh, thoroughly ruined the. Uh, crime scene. It's all <laughs> fucking ruined it. Jr. Dude, uh, I, it's this guy uh, John Ramsey ruined it he, all. So he's <laughs> the fucking Farva of the the Ramsey family. He kind of is. He's <laughs> just there. It's like no one wants him there, but he's there. He's just a bumble. He's just fool. doing shit. But he's somehow uh, worth so much money. He is. Like he has to be there. Uh, but so all right, all right. Uh, so John rips the tape off John Bonet's mouth. Uh, tries to untie her hands. He can't do it. He picks her up. He takes her upstairs. Body slams her into the concrete <laughs> table, and he says, "This is fucking WWE SmackDown." <laughs> Triple H on your ass. And she doesn't respond. Yeah. And he knows she's dead. Oh God. So, so he takes her upstairs. He picks her up. He takes her upstairs. And uh, he sets her on the floor, right? And uh, Officer Arendt, who is still there, uh, then picks up the body from the floor and moves it to the living room. And then Patsy comes in, and she's overwhelmed by sadness and shock, and she's just interacting with the body, right? The the crime scene is fucked. She's just, she comes over, she's like, oh, my baby. She's like slapping hello, her on the face. Hello, my baby. Hello, hello my honey. Hello, my, my dead, dead pageant girl. Daughter. So, yeah, it's terrible. So she, <laughs> she's fucking touching her all over. She's like, you have to be alive. Come on, you're my daughter. And she's fucking hitting her and stuff. It's really sad. The crime scene's fucked, though. 
No hope. Okay? No hope. Uh, so at 1.30 p.m., about 20 minutes later, isn't this weird John calls the pilot of the private plane that they were going to take out? And he says, you got to get me out of here. morning. And kind of, kind uh, of, he was overheard saying that he needed to go to Atlanta. They needed to go to Atlanta, like, now. That's what he was overheard saying. And in the one instance of the police doing something correct in this case, Officer Arendt uh, informs him that the family is not allowed to leave town because their fucking daughter was just found dead in their locked home. Uh, so, yeah, uh, they, they can't leave town. 2 a.m., which is a half hour later, the police finally seal off the now absolutely ruined crime scene. All right, so that is a basic run-through of the day um, uh, of what we're talking about here. A lot of weird shit, a lot of things that uh, we, we can't really explain. What are the explanations for these things? No one knows. Anyone knows they should have told someone because we still don't know. No one knows. Yeah. What do you have to say? Yeah. It's insane. It just seems like there's just on the surface... Well, there's a lot. It's it's very mixed, my opinion on this, because I can see it one way or the other. It just seems like everyone involved is incompetent. Like, the police act bit. like they're incompetent. The family themselves seem like they're incompetent. Or, on the other hand, it seems like everyone is involved in the murder. I could definitely see that, but it is... Notable to say that the Colorado, like the Boulder, uh, Colorado, like police department at the time, it was the day after Christmas and like all of the rookies had drawn the short straw on like, you know, holiday season. So they're going to be on the case. So it's, it's just a bunch of inept cops. That, that shouldn't be a term, cops, still, though. Like, like <laughs> that's like the part that I. It's like I know yeah, your like, point. They should like they shouldn't have been in the force. Technically, it's if like, it was it his like first this, day as a heart surgeon. He was learning. It's like well, dude, he should have fucking learned. Should, be fired, should have been fired if they weren't. I don't think they were, so they should have been. But uh, so there was that, and uh, there's there's so much to this. It's so weird. It's such a weird case. Yeah, so I'm going to tell you about some of the suspects. I'm going to keep this as non-biased as I can until after. But I'm going to start with, at least to me, the, we're going to go from the least likely suspect up until the more reasonable suspects. Nice. Well, do you want me to talk about the ransom note a little bit? Because there's a lot that goes into this. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, go ahead. That for a do second? your thing. All right, the ransom note is super fucking weird, man. Like, after all this happened and the police actually finally closed down the uh, the crime scene, uh, so all this stuff was being looked at, right? So the ransom note itself, it was written on a legal yellow pad that was uh, using a, a Sharpie pen, right? Okay, so both of these things were already in the home before the crime took place. All right, all right. All right, so uh, there were other pages missing from the pad, but none of them were located, at least on the property. And uh, so the pen that was used to write it, uh, it was taken from place, it's from its place beside the phone at the Ramsey's residence, and after it was used, it was replaced, it was replaced there. 
So they just like took the pen. And they were just like, well, I don't want to take their pen. So they just. <laughs> Ooh, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be a dick. Just killed their 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 daughter. Uh, so there was another page uh, that had the words, like in the legal yellow notepad. There was another page that had Mister and Mrs. I. Right? So as if he was in the process of writing the letter R in Ramsey, but then he decided that he wanted the ransom note to only be addressed to Mr. Ramsey. Yeah, right? he decided to make it. So that was his J. first draft. He made a little mistake. We all make mistakes. Uh, so there we go. Uh, so an analysis of the handwriting, which is very interesting, it was revealed to be an 85% match to that of Patsy Ramsey, the mother. Isn't that just... Ding fucking, fucking ding. It's terrifying. It really kind of is. But a lot of people say that uh, that might have to do with the fact that it was a Sharpie pen, and it, it it does have thicker lines, so a lot of the nuance of handwriting itself is kind of lost. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But if the glove don't fit, you can't commit. <laughs> just like you change those fucking door handles that have all the blood all over it. Yeah, you just, yeah it's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, all right, so yeah, the handwriting was kind of a close match, but a lot of people are just like, ah, it's kind of weird. Also, the uh, $118,000 that was requested in the ransom note, uh, it's so oddly specific, right? Like, why that much specifically? Uh, it, it, like we, I think, discussed, uh, it was the exact amount of John's uh, Christmas bonus that year from his company. It was $118,000. Interesting. Uh, so a lot of people say this opens it up to speculation. Like, was it someone from his work? Was it a criminal that was inside of his house that saw a pay stub for that much? That he was like, all right, well, I know he has that. I see the date on it. I see the amount. That was like two days ago. He couldn't have spent it, right? So it was like, maybe he, he doesn't know John. Access. He doesn't know shit about John. John's a big spender. <laughs> Jr. You know who else was Jr. Fucking John Rambo, okay? And that guy wow. kills he, people. Yeah, I bet he spent just a lot of like money on John Ramsey does. And ammunition. They have a lot of that you know, in common because they're the both fucking thing, murderers. They kill innocent people. John Ramsey's a killer. Yeah, but you weren't there, man. You weren't. I'll, I'll, you, you fucking, fucking. You better finish this because it's coming. We we're gonna go cruising, man. When we got home, we were gonna go cruising. I don't know what the... What? You don't know fucking Rambo? Are you shitting me? Oh, Rambo? Dude, Rambo is like... you just talked about him. I'll be honest with you. You brought him up. Rambo's dialogue is... It leaves a lot to be desired. It's it's like... They might as well have made him Jason and just not let him speak. Right, well, another interesting thing about the exact amount of $118,000, right, in American money, uh, in the uh, current, the, not current, but like the exchange rate of currency at the time, that was the exact amount of 1 million pesos. So this guy's so going to be something rich. something you can consider, but it probably, it, that, that's just like the closest even number of like an amount of money that would like make sense in one of these situations. It doesn't necessarily lead to anything. It's just kind of like that's interesting. That's exactly one million. It's just weird. I'm you know okay. I mean? Let me tell you this. We're, I got to. We got to get into these suspects here. We have to. There's no way to avoid it. We can't. We can't. I do have um, 
some possible explanations for what Victory SBTC stood for, as well as some de- like uh, details on the body. If you want to get into that before that, Sponge either way, Bob the it's cunt. up to you. SpongeBob the cunt. That's that might have been what I was thinking earlier, but this is also the first episode that I told my mom about. She was like, "I might listen." Super so, beard. <laughs> so I might not subscribe to that one. Super uh, beard, titty <laughs> cheeks. That might be a bit more okay. Yeah. Okay. Super um, beard titty cheeks. So he said. We're sorry, Nancy. Yeah. Love you, mom. I apologize. I love you, mom and dad. I know you listen to these sometimes. Hello. You are very sweet individuals. Uh, You've made an amazing <laughs> child. Let's just say that. Hey, hey, thank you. Now, with that being said, <laughs> SBTC. What might it stand for? Who knows? Victory SBTC. That's what was at the end of the. Uh, letter there. Sub uh, bitch, totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> That's his sign off. I really hope that that's what it <laughs> really is, because I'd be like, all right, that kind of kind of excuses it, right? Yeah, he's this like, like, you know what? Everything is kind of totally cool, isn't it? Like, or maybe it's even nicer. It's like, sorry, bro. That's cool. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> sorry, bro. <laughs> Victory. Sorry about that. Oh, my God. Dude, sorry about that. SBT, the guy's name starts with a C. Sorry about that. Clark. I don't know. Maybe his name's his John. Name. <laughs> no, the murderer, I'm saying. Maybe the murderer, the guy Why who wrote it. Why is the murderer, it. like, apologizing to himself? No, he, that's how he's signing it. SBTC, sorry about that, comma, it's like you're addressing an email. So is, you know? is he like? Is he addressing it like? Oh, sorry, I had to write that. Me, but it's thro- no, 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 no. You're misunderstanding. I, I really am. He's. Throwing, I feel like I am. He's. He's throwing you off the scent of who the real killer is. The killer in this scenario, the killer's name starts with a C, so we'll call him Chuck for this scenario. Chuck. Chuck killed Charles, baby. Maybe. So what this means is to throw him off instead of signing it with just a C or his name. You don't want to give many info, right? You can't. No info at all for this guy. So he made his sign-off, which would be, sorry about that, and then comma underneath that would be his name. He made it into his initials so that you'd never catch on to who it is. Sorry about that. It is a ballsy move, Chuck. I'll say that. That's... <laughs> Fuck. It's there. It's God there. Damn, I have so many things of what people speculate it is, and you're making the most sense. That's because people don't they don't understand they don't listen to me. They think I'm insane, but I'm making sense here. Okay? You are insane, but you know that's why we're getting you out on the airwaves. It makes sense. All right. So the first thing people think it might be Santa Barbara Tennis Club. That's true. Tennis club. Maybe tennis is involved in this super uh, big titty committee. Super big titty. Wow. That <laughs> I feel. How did, did you have these prepared? Because these no, are so good. These just, are so like pointed and perfect. You just <laughs> like, have to pick things that like SBTC. You just pick funny things that start with that letter. The only, <laughs> the only thing I like, thought of before this was like SpongeBob tits chameleon or some shit like <laughs> semen like, bath toaster commander i don't know you're too good at this oh my god all right so so another possible thing uh that it could have meant <laughs> aside from santa barbara tennis club was uh seduced by the child 
that's just that's maybe not that's funny. a that's bit gross. That's a bit gross and on the nose. Maybe it was signed by the captain, which is a phrase that's commonly used in boat racing, which uh, apparently John Ramsey was a big part in with his friend Fleet White. Fleet White. Fleet White. Uh, so that was signed by the captain. Also, uh, there's another one that could be uh, Square Bible and the Compass which are Masonic symbols that also appear in their family crest. Potentially. But potentially. The, the T and the is used in it, so I feel like that might not be it. Uh, that's not usually what happens. Also, stop bombing third world countries, because, you know, they were associated with uh, Lockheed Martin there, his company. That could work. That, that could, could work. work, but also it's like, why are you going to murder a... a, a, a a child in the pursuit of peace. It's weird. I don't know. Also, uh, Subic Bay Technical Center. That was a place that uh, John Ramsey was stationed during his Navy days. That fits in there. Also, maybe swallowed by the competition, uh, which is a phrase that he used in one of his books uh, when he was describing how he wanted to expand his company, even though he was doing fine because he didn't want to be swallowed by the competition. Right. So that was another thing that kind of fits in there. Also, the most, the one that's most widely kind of accepted is saved by the cross. And the victory part of that kind of goes with it, with victory over Satan. Apparently, these are like common phrases in a certain community of like Christians. Weirdos. In, in the country. I'm not familiar with it, but apparently it's a thing. Is just to say those things. Scientology, be thy Christ. So, it, oh, you're just fucking. You're Hubbard flying did. off the handle with these with these things. You never know. And it's it's kind of scary how quickly they're coming to your mind. I don't know. I feel like you're too smart. Um. Uh, so that <laughs> that's the end of the rants of uh, speculation. Really, that's, those are the only things I have. All of yours seem uh, seem a bit better. I like those a lot more. But I could also get into the body. After the uh, the the autopsy, they're going. The super big titty committee wants to understand that we did not commit this crime out of anger. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely had to be done for some reason. It we was, cannot disclose the reason. She was going to grow up to be the next Hitler, and we saved the entire. <laughs> we universe. saw it coming with our uh, science. We're not sharing with you. Uh, all right. So. <laughs> I'll just cover what I know about the body, and then you can just take it from there because you obviously have a lot better things to say than I do. Sweet uh, tea barbecue cake. <laughs> that sounds so delicious. It sounds so uncanny that you would try it and be like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it actually tastes pretty good. It sounds disgusting, but it's going to be good, Mitchell. All right, so the body. Uh, so John Benet Ramsey. Uh, was killed by strangulation and a fractured skull, right? Uh, the working theory, based on the autopsy, is that John Bonet, uh was tased in bed. She was moved from the basement, woke up in the midst of the strangulation in the basement, screamed, and then, ah! ru- like that, and was struck in the head, uh, most likely with the taser itself, Right? All right, so Colonel Mustard in the observatory with the candlestick. I want to watch this movie. I want to watch this movie. Whatever you're talking about, that's Clue, just Clue, dude. It's Clue. I've never seen Clue. Have you played the game? 
I feel like I don't think so. I have. No one likes to play the game with me because I just take wild guesses and they turn out to be right, and I just that, win. Dude, we were talking about this earlier today. You just know how to win games. Any game that I've ever played with you, especially in your house, there's some sort of juju going on there. I don't know. There's uh, something about you've it. Always won by like a landslide. You're. Too good at games. Georgie and Mitch refuse to play Clue with me. Mitch, not so much, but Matt absolutely refuses to play Clue. Yeah, he's a fucking waste of time. He just he can't like, stand oh, it. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take uh, an hour to lose. It's, yeah. Total yeah. good use of my time. D- deduction, man. It's not fucking Mrs. Peacock with the gun in the closet. That's just absurd. Mrs. Ke- Peacock wouldn't do anything with a gun in the closet. It's Plum, uh, what's her fucking name? It's Plum or something? It's the Plum with the rope in the kitchen. It's always the Plum with uh, the rope in the kitchen. I forget all their names. There's a lot of them. Either way, the Plum is killing people with ropes in the kitchen. There was no evidence uh, of conventional rape from the... Ah, uh, yes, yes, conventional. Conventional rape, meaning that there was no, uh, th- there was no penis involved. All right. There was no other. There was no outside genitalia involved. There's in no whatever happened. Penile. Um, anything. Not necessarily. So, uh, so no evidence of conventional rape, uh, though the vaginal abrasions and inflammation was discovered. All right. So there was some. Yikes. It was some of that stuff. Uh, this is believed to have been due to the types of clothes that she would wear on a very, uh, a very regular occasion because of her pageantry. Oh. Right, it was very tight clothing, uh, and and as was uh, mentioned by the coroner, uh, tight clothing as well as household cleaners, soaps, among other things, even like early uh, masturbation. We don't know who this kid was. Like some kids start masturbating early, don't know what it is, whatever. But like even masturbation can cause this kind of thing, like the swelling and the abrasions on the uh, the vulva specifically. Uh, so, so that was found. There are some explanations for it, but who fucking knows? Uh, the e- either way, the le- the Ramses lawyered up almost immediately. Uh, they hired multiple private investigators. They hired a PR company. Uh, the more they pushed back on the blame uh, on themselves, the more that they were suspected by BPD. Uh, Mitch, what do you got to say? So I don't know if I. If I, you guys said this and I just did like wasn't paying attention or something, but how did she die? Like, how was she murdered? Strangulation. Yeah, I, sa- I said this to just head. a tad earlier. It was uh, it was strangulation and a fractured skull. So asphyxiation due to strangulation and some sort of cerebral BFT baby, BFT blunt force trauma. So. Uh, many, uh, many see them pushing back on any suspicion of themselves as very suspicious, though it is also believed that all of these, uh, these measures were taken due to the high profile nature of the case and the family. Uh, there was a beauty pageant, daughter of a millionaire who was found in bed, uh, and she was dead, right? And her father is in bed with Lockheed Martin. Uh, the, the, it was on Christmas morning. The fucking tabloids are gonna have a field day with this, and they did. They ended up having it for 
a decade even more afterward like i like i said earlier like i i remember going to like grocery stores as a child and seeing pictures of john benet saying new fucking ground broken and there was never anything it was interesting so the story was enormous uh the family was probably told by a lot of the people that they were associated with to color cover themselves on all you know on all sides because they were so high profile, they were millionaires, they were in bed with Lockheed Martin. Um, so that just bred a lot, and I mean a fucking lot of suspicion around the family, around everything. The entire situation is just weird. It's just super fucking weird. All right. I want to dispel this right now because right now we're we're getting near the end here all we got to do is i'm gonna cover a couple couple little conspiracy things that i will do first and then i'll get into some of the possible suspects and if you didn't already know it's a cold case no one knows who did this it's all speculation um first and foremost the conspiracy theory that took the internet by storm was that Katy Perry was actually John Benet Ramsey? I think I mentioned that in a past episode. There, that's a fun thing to entertain, right? There's absolutely zero information, evidence, anything to support this, other than claims. Um, it's very similar to the Bill Hicks uh, faked his death and became Alex Jones. No, Grant, I saw it on the internet. I believe you. Don't you? I don't think you would do understand. Um, I saw it on the internet. Oh, I 100% believe you, but it's you're, true. you're full of fucking, it's fucking true, dog Grant. shit. That's what you, you're full no. of, okay? The internet, though. Um, Now, I want to... The last conspiracy theory, one that's been floating around the interwebs, and I believe we mentioned it on this podcast, so we're going to do a little bit of self-correcting here, is that Ghislaine Maxwell is present in the last known photo of John Benet Ramsey. I, th- I feel like that was my doing. I think I brought that up. Uh, that ended up not being true. Well, I, I would Which I was very disappointed, but also, you know, it's a good thing that that's not the case. Okay, I, I will no, not I was just, say... I disappointed that I was wrong. I'm definitely not going to say that it isn't true, because it, it has not been proven false. But I'll tell you this. The theory, it kind of took off after all of this started going off with Epstein and Maxwell and blah, 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 and we started getting pictures. And there is a dark-haired woman... Slightly resembling maybe a younger Ghislaine Maxwell in a photo with John Bidet post pageant. Um, now, this is to say it goes even deeper because the Ramsey family and Ghislaine Maxwell were repped by the same Denver based law firm, Haddon, Morgan, and Foreman. And they were represented by different lawyers within the collaboration. Same firm, though. Same firm. However, they were part of that same firm 20 years apart. Um, now, just a little bit of speculation. Let's say you want to take the bait and bite into the Ghislaine Maxwell. You know who else those uh, that law, law firm represented at the time? Who? Charles Sheen, rapist, and Harvey Weinstein, rapist. Uh, yes, the rapists. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's not a great band, Mitchell. It's not a great band at all. I will say this. Um, the photo was taken uh, within the day of her suspected death. 
we're not entirely sure if her death occurred on the 26th or the 25th based on time. Based on that, but there there was the scream that was heard yeah. at 2 a.m., so it, was, it may be the 26th is probably where everyone leans. I would, yeah, I would probably venture to guess that's that's a fair assumption. On Christmas of that day, there's a picture uh, with John Bonet. It is a confirmed picture. It is real. It's John Bonet. There's no Photoshop. The woman is unidentified. Nobody knows who she is. But, however, that is not to pretty much what the internet is talking about when it comes to this is don't get your hopes up. Uh, no one knows what it is, but that does not mean the conspiracy theory is true. I It could be. It could not be. I can accept that it might not be Slane Maxwell, but it looks so much like her. Oh, no, it does. It's, like, uncanny. It's, it's strange. It's kind of crazy how much it looks like her. I, yeah, I just wanted to, because anyway. I knew, I mean, that's kind of what we do here, so I didn't want to leave out stone unturned. Oh, yeah, you can't just, like, not talk about something. Um, it's a very fishy picture. I personally, I, I looked at it today. I don't, it's hard to tell because I'm not really good at, age like that even pictures of people i've known my whole life i see pictures of them from 30 years ago when i you know wasn't born and it's i would not recognize them so i'm not good at that in general so i don't want to put my assumptions out there i'm looking at a picture of your dad right now he has a crazy mustache it's mm-hmm. awesome so now we're going to move into some of the potential suspects now uh, the the list goes on and on and on. There's endless suspects. I'm going to cover uh, some of the more intense ones. I believe I have eight. Okay, let's get into it. We're gonna and like I said, we're gonna start with uh, the least likely and work our way to the most likely. And then obviously, when you get to the end, nobody knows who did it. But we'll get into the the stronger evidence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, full disclosure, we don't know who did this. Yeah, no, no, nobody does. Nobody does. No one does. Bill McReynolds, he was dead at the time. Uh, 19, I believe he died in the late 90s. Oh, Either way, definitely did it. He was a friend of the Ramsey family, and he was known as the Santa Claus in the neighborhood. He was a mall Santa. You know, he did things like that. He was a nice guy. He took care of like, kids. Hey, I'm Santa, and that's all it was. Um... He had been, apparently Patsy had thrown extremely lavish and famously well-known Christmas parties where he would play Santa. Um, some people claim that uh, McReynolds gave a little too much attention to John Bonet, uh, that he had even arranged for a private Santa visit to the house of John Bonet. And some people even went as far to say that John Bonet had gifted him a vial of glitter, and some reports say that McReynolds took that into surgery when he had his heart surgery. There's no way to confirm that. Dude, outwardly, if you don't, like, suspect him to be the murderer, that's, like, super sweet. That's, like, really nice. <laughs> like, then, like, this guy just, like, he's just like, all right, well, first of all, he's getting paid by John Ramsey. Yeah. Right, so it's like, all right, this is my boss's kid. I gotta give him extra attention. But also, it's like, oh, she like gave him a gift, and he took it into surgery with him for good luck. That's like, that's it's really nice. It's it gets weirder though because supposedly uh, McReynolds asked his wife to mix the glitter in with his ashes when he dies. All right, that's a bit far. Now that's a, that's a bit too much. I'd say. I want you to know this. 
Never mind. These are completely baseless comments with no facts or corroboration. And the sad truth of the matter is that Bill McReynolds, uh, as far as everyone knows, was an extremely respectable, nice, kind man that the Denver Post just really wanted to rake through the coals and defame his character. Uh, there's no evidence that suggests any of this. It's all hearsay and rumor. Thank God my, my instincts were correct, I think, maybe. So Hopefully. you have that. Now we're going to move in to Ollie Gray. He was an electrician. Uh, or actually, Mitchell. I'm sorry. He was not Ollie Gray. My mistake. An electrician, though. Maybe Ollie Gray was... What's his a, name? Mitchell, last name? Uh, yes. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Oh. Ollie Gray was the man who originally uh, proposed this as one of the suspects. Uh, Michael Helgeth. Uh, he worked in the salvage yard that was close to the house in Denver. Uh, he referred to Helgeth as a hellraiser, which is not very, uh, you know, I don't know. It's not very unique. Not unique. And apparently Ollie Gray said that uh, he was having a land dispute with the Ramsey family. Um, Much like with Randy Weaver. Really, that's all they, the evidence they had was maybe he wanted to do that. Um, he just had something slightly against them. Yeah. Uh, he died uh, in 1997, and he was he was a suspect for a while, but he was never imprisoned or anything like that. Probably for long enough that he was alive afterward. It wasn't long. Yeah. Then you have uh, Gary Oliva. He was a 32-year-old known sex offender that lived in Boulder, Colorado, and he was essentially the town drifter at the time. He was a convicted pedophile, had a rap sheet longer than a mile, uh, just kind of getting in and out of stuff. Uh, Ollie Gray, the same guy, he was a PI, just in case you wanted to know that information. Ollie Gray, he's the name I'll keep referring to. He's the PI that is feeding this information to the Ramses, and uh, he says that Oliver might have done it because uh, he had mentioned in one of his arrests that he hurt a little girl that he had no intention of hurting. And this made Ollie Gray really think that this guy did it. Uh, I mean, that makes sense, right? Maybe. there. It, it's it's there, you know, like the potential is there. It's there. The potential is all I'm talking about, you know. <laughs> the potential is definitely knows? there. Then we have Linda Hoffman Pugh. Uh, she was the family's housekeeper, and her husband, Mervyn, was their everyman, the handyman. Really? I knew um, that she was the, the housemaker and that she... She did also say that in, like, the the week leading up to the actual event, uh, the, like, John and Patsy were uh, more cold to each other than she'd observed them being usually. Uh-huh. Like, they they would never show affection in front of her anyway, but they were particularly cold that week specifically. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I could get that. Interesting. Pretty much Strange. what happened here is we have a he, sh- he, he said, she said type of scenario. And what happened is she did not hold back on voicing her opinion that she believed Patsy was the killer. She did not think it was malicious it was more accidental but she believes that she was the killer yeah why not and after this came out patsy claimed that the uh the housekeeper mrs hoffman Pugh, she was struggling for money and she asked them for a loan of a couple thousand dollars and the ramsey family declined 
Um, well, you know, once you bring money into any relationship, it's, it's kind of weird. Now, it gets a little muddled because her DNA and her hair was at the scene of the crime. However, that was easily excused because she was the housekeeper. So she was she in every nook things. and cranny of that house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Patsy often said that she believed she had multiple personalities as a way to defame her character uh, in later arguments. But- Patsy said that about the housekeeper. The housekeeper, Mrs. really interesting. Um, so we have all of this, right? Now we're going to get into the school teacher. This one is a little bit more realistic. Okay. This happened in two thousand and six. Uh, John Mark Carr confessed out of nowhere that he was the one who strangled John Benet Ramsey. Uh, he was arrested in Thailand where he had been living on the lam after facing child porn charges in the U.S. It's not looking good for this guy. Yeah, it's not good. It's not um, looking good. Yeah, he was... When all this was happening, they were looking through his emails because he was wanted, so they had access to these certain yeah, things. Yeah, like you can look at his stuff. He had a very wicked sexual fascination with John Bonet. Uh... They record. They reported this to the police, and uh, he was immediately taken to Boulder for questioning. Uh, his DNA did not match anything. None of the DNA that they had found. Um, okay, and then it's weird because he was cleared and exonerated, but then he decides to admit that he killed her, and he said that he was in love with her, and they were playing a love game that had gone wrong. Which, it, any of this could be true, because the fucking crime scene was completely destroyed the yeah. day of. Like, within the first seven hours or something, it was just utterly destroyed. And this ruined his life, because he was all over the news. And he now is currently, as far as we know, still alive, under a new name living somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Man, if he didn't do it... It's not the right way to get attention. You need to just go talk to somebody. Just go to a therapist or something. Figure out your your need for approval. Yeah. Fucking Jesus, dude. Come um. On. Now we're going to get into the family. And this one... Just the fam. They're, I don't, I'm not going to get too in-depth. I'm really not. Because I want... I really don't want you to have... I don't want us to paint you into a corner where we want you to believe one thing or the other. We have to believe this. I will say this. Personally, I believe it was the brother. And I'm going to spend some time talking about that. And I have a different belief that I'll bring up a little later that might shed a little more evidence on it. Uh, The reason I personally believe this is the brother... I'm going to leave the mom and dad out of it because there's a whole... It's an it's an unsolved crime. There's an endless amount of possibilities here. To me, the brother at the time he was nine years old, young man, tiny boy. I thought he was ten at the time of her murder. She was he was nine. Okay, he's a, he's right. a tiny boy. John Bonet was found with uh, you know all the, the death. She was tied up. She was strangled, and she was bashed in the head. Now. What happens here is during the autopsy, it was revealed that she had slices of fresh pineapple in her stomach, signifying that she would have eaten that sometime within the last two hours of her being alive. Delicious. Um, her brother, 
Burke's nighttime snack was sliced pineapple. The only one in the house that really liked pineapple. Um, now this is where it gets it gets weird, but I want to paint you this image. Burke, the way the theory goes is that she snuck a piece of the pineapple, and Burke, out of rage, grabbed the flashlight that was in the kitchen that was, at one point, a potential weapon, a crime scene weapon, and bashed her head in, knocking her unconscious. And when this was discovered, the parents were notified, and they were under the assumption that John Bonet was dead. Now, what they believe could happen is that the parents knew what had happened, thinking their unconscious daughter is now dead, tied her up, trying to hide the evidence with all of this nonsense. But she's not dead yet, right? So what so happens hiding next? the evidence of the fact that Burke may have done this? In Burke's room was a model train set. Might not mean anything to you. There were imprints of a toy train track set on John Bonet's lower back. Signifying that when she was strangled, perhaps, or after she was dead, she was laid on top of a toy train track set, mm. leaving the imprint in her back. Like, so it was on her shirt or on her actual skin? On her skin. Her like, skin. It, was, it, it was the small indent in her skin. Weird. Well, and this leads that... people to believe that perhaps oh. Burke, in a fit of rage, killed John Bonet, and instead of turning in their son... The Benet, the Ramsey family decided to cover it up, which would therefore mean, interestingly enough, it's weird. We'll talk. We could talk about that in a second. The potential of the outside intruder, but when you look at the hard facts, uh, the door was locked from the inside, meaning someone would either have to have a key or be inside the room to lock it. Theoretically, and. Going with that knowledge, it would point to someone in the house, either the housekeeper, who we know is mostly baseless accusations from the mother. And has access to the house. Or the mother. And this leads people, I mean, there's a lot of speculation on this, but perhaps uh, a lot of thoughts go into the money. And they think that the number was chosen specifically because... That was the most recent pay stub that would have been available to anyone that had broken into the house. So it is an amount of money without going over or under that the criminal would know is there. And the reason they would pick that number is because then it looks like someone broke into the house, found out what kind of money they had available, and asked for that specifically. And even weirder is the ransom note. The history of true crime goes to show that the typical ransom note is short, sweet, to the point, yep. roughly less than 50 words. This one is over 300. They're usually 15 to 20 words. Yeah, honestly. like it is, it's absurd how long this letter is. And this goes on both sides of the argument. They say that perhaps this letter is by a completely inexperienced individual or it's by someone that's never written a ransom note before. And if this was a completely inexperienced individual it would not have been such a sloppy job and there wouldn't have been witnesses. With that being said... That is a part that I could agree with you on. With that being said, someone that's never written a ransom note before wouldn't know what the cops typically expect with a ransom note 
and might tend to blather on a little bit and try to beef it up to make it more viable. Well, at the same time, trying to convince you that they know what the police are going to do. Exactly. Exactly. So, to me, I don't, I don't think that this was one of the family members. I truly, I don't even think it was out of anger or wanting to kill. I think to me, it was an accident where John Bonet was hurt, and they assumed she was dead or dying. And instead of anyone taking the fall, they decided to, in their best interest, protect all of their assets and make it look this way. But it would have been by someone in the family, though, right? No, yeah. I truly, I believe So that. it was by someone in the family, though it was just an accident in, yes. your, in your theory. Yes. And I truly, I don't think it was one individual in the family. I think it was, it's definitely something that they were all aware of, the three of them. It is. It, I don't know, man. It is very interesting because there there is that side of it, and also like I, uh, I don't know, I don't know. This, this is kind of where we differ in, mm. in, in our opinion. Oh yeah, this things. is just my opinion, and, and this is where like, where my my opinion uh, where it comes in. There is a, a little piece of evidence that wasn't priorly mentioned, which I apologize for. But so so what I honestly think did possibly happen. And it may, and I think all of this possibly did happen because of who this family was associated with, with the people in Lockheed Martin and all that. Because there was a uh, gala that was held uh, a few days before Christmas, I believe on the 23rd or 22nd, uh, by um, by John Ramsey's company itself. That was uh, it was a celebration of their first billion dollar year. After they had become a part of Lockheed Martin, right? So the entire family attended, all these people, all these elites. Everything's great. So what I believe happened was maybe maybe John Ramsey may have uh, ruffled the wrong feathers in like the this this huge um, the this area with all these elite people with all this power and all these weird, crazy fucking powerful people. So uh, what I believe may have happened was that she was indeed uh, tased in bed. I, I think that maybe the Christmas party that they went to beforehand on uh, Christmas Day, I believe that the um, the intruder may have gotten into the house through a little sort of elevator system that was uh, set up in the back, like towards the house from the outside. It, it wasn't a big enough like elevator sort of shaft to um, to hold an individual necessarily. But it was enough to transport things from one floor to the to a higher floor to a lower floor just from the ground floor outside. Um, so it wasn't made for people by any means. But there was a detective that found this uh, found found this like aspect of the house, and everyone was saying like, "Oh, well, like you'd have to be a midget to fit in there." That was the actual quote. I'm not trying to use offensive language. I know it's a little person, but so it was like you got to be a midget to be able to fit in there. And he was like, he was 6'4", this detective specifically. And he said, I can get in there and I can show you exactly how this person got into the house. So he actually like maneuvers his body into this little area that's like a little uh, fucking, uh, fucking elevator shaft. He gets into the house within 30 seconds. He's in the basement and he's in the house free reign. No one knew he got in there. So what I think happened is that during this party that the Ramses went to on Christmas Day, the intruder got into the house using that system 
and uh, he just had like he had a good amount of time to write a ransom note, right? So he finds a pad, he finds a pen, he has enough time to write at least three pages, which is it was two and a half pages specifically, but a two and a half page ransom note. He gets in there, he writes that, he waits for them all to go to bed. He tases John Bonet. She's unconscious. He takes her down to the basement, and I believe that she, in the process of being uh, strangled by the nylon rope and the broken uh, paintbrush, she wakes up and starts screaming. That's what the neighbor heard. That's what I think. And uh, she um, uh, she is abruptly hit in the head out of panic of the intruder because he didn't know what to do or she didn't know what to do. And I believe that that uh, blow was administered with the taser itself. And, uh, and because the death became so preemptive and it wasn't, it, it, it actually happened inside of the house that he or, he or they just ended up uh, leaving the body in the house and along with the letter. So it was just kind of a slop job. But the basic end result was the same. The John Bonet was dead. They didn't get the money, but... I don't know. I think I, I really. I th- think there, you're there are insane. So many, no, there okay. are so many missing pieces to this entire story that you there's really no way to know. So like the whole thing I mentioned at the beginning with the gala and all these powerful people, maybe it was something with like a, a child sex ring, like what we've been talking about in episodes previous to this. Something with the higher elites, and like maybe he pissed off the wrong person. Maybe they were sending a message with this. Maybe they didn't send their best person. Maybe he was a bad assassin. Maybe that's why it seems so bad on their end, on top of the terrible job that the police did, and the family was reacting just not correctly. It, the whole thing is just a shit show. But in the end, there's not enough evidence to prove anything. That's what I think, is that the, it's something's going on here that we don't really know necessarily, but that's what I think definitely happened. I respect that. That's a fair assumption. That's all right. That's all right. Are you guys ready for... I know that was rambling, and I'm sorry. Well, here. Are you guys ready for my opinion? So this is this is what I think. I think John Benet Ramsey never even existed. So okay. So this was a midget actress playing a little girl in all these pageants just so the mom could make some money. Is this is this you guessing that it might be the plot of the movie Orphan? Maybe, uh, yeah. I've never seen that, but yes. So Midget actress, you know, she she ditches town because she's tired of the mom's shit, Ramblam or whatever the hell her name is. Ramblam. Yeah. Patsy Ramblam. And essentially, uh, they made this huge conspiracy because they wanted to be famous. Ramblam was so obsessed with the fame of the pageantry that she just wanted the next level, you know, uh, tabloids in store in the store you know being on the news she was just you know fame hungry so she was just textbook i need attention in any way i can get it because obviously the pageant is like good attention it's like oh she's so beautiful look at that she won fucking hooray but now it's like oh you may have killed your daughter (laughs) you may have killed your daughter 
but she's like, everyone knows my name. Yeah, and John Ramsey was such a cuck that he let it all happen. He was part of it just to please his wife. Yeah. You think John Ramsey was just a cuck? <laughs> all right, bitch. I'm, I'm the, not the your man. side. You kind of sold me. <laughs> you know what? It's not completely you know off the means? table. It gives anything possible. The but. guy who has the best theory in the house has to buy dinner. So. <laughs> oh, damn, Mitch. That's really believable. All right. I'm thinking steakhouse tonight, right? With all of that being said, that is effectively our episode for the week. It is. John Bonet, what do you think happened? Maybe email us at startacult. Yeah, let us know what you're Gmail.com. How do you feel? What do you want to feel? What do you want to feel about this? Because we can redo this. Because you can. Make you feel a certain way. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with a new episode. We'll be Tuesday will be our new Patreon episode. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's on the schedule. So yeah. Again, the, set. Yeah, and the Patreon episodes are a movie review paired with original stories from me and Grant individually every week. Every two weeks, actually. Right. Uh, so it's great. You should go there. There is a link below for Patreon. Also, follow us on all the shit. We are starting a cult that was Grant and I'm Jake. Mitch was here. Uh, so uh, follow us on all the shit. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we are on Acast, as we mentioned earlier. With uh, with uh, that's not canon, right? You so just keep rambling. Okay. I do keep <laughs> rambling. You know what? It's 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 for a good cause. It's for us. It is. Do you guys like us? Because I enjoy I who I am. I enjoy who you are. Us together. Maybe Mitch is here also. He usually is. Start a cult. Yes. Maybe we'll start a cult. I think we're going to start a cult. Um, All right. Start. Start a cult, maybe. All right, guys. Grant, I are we going to start a cult? Be back. I love you all. Start Goodbye. a cult. Bananas. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.